Thanks for tuning in. This is part two. Wait, there was a part one? Yes, you missed our Otani and Stanton and Gordon and all sorts of hot stove news in part one. So head on back and check all of that out and rejoin us with part two. Now, back to the action. All right, on to our final topic today. Let's go into some early round ADP. Keith, what do you want us to do with this? All right, so here's what I was thinking, and we've maybe discussed this a little bit uh, earlier, much earlier, um, towards the end of last year, but so we, we have enough data right now that we can kind of break down some of the ADP and some of the trends for 2018. So my thought was to have us pick somebody we think is really undervalued and then somebody who is really overvalued um, according to Fantrax early ADP. So um, anybody want to go first? Let's do uh, undervalued first. So they're lower on the ADP than you think they should be. Yeah, somebody you think is is being taken way too late. I'll start us off with Miguel Cabrera at 107. What round do you think you would consider Miggy in, or what? Uh, where do you think you would snatch him up and feel comfortable with him at? Mm, let's see, 107. Probably sitting... Ninth round, based on this number, I would probably say in this... I would say he's probably sitting a good 10 to 15 slots lower than he should be. Granted, I'm I'm considering him a bounce-back candidate this year. Some underlying injuries he didn't say last year. Hoping it's not that he just became a broken old guy overnight. So maybe like in the 80s, you could see taking him... I've seen him taken as early as the 70s. Um, in some mock drafts and some early early drafts, um, but he's been he's slid all the way to like you know one one twenty or or beyond in order to create this ADP where he's currently at. So, um, what about you guys? Are you guys in or out on on Miggy going into two thousand eighteen? Well, one of the issues with Cabrera is that he plays first base, and something we talked about all season long. First base is such a deep position; he may not be as willing or even need to take risk at that position. Yeah, he's currently eleventh on this 11. ranking at first base, and that's putting okay. Justin Smoke behind him, Ryan Zimmerman behind him, uh, Greg Bird. So there's a lot of guys on this list, even Justin Bohr that are late, late, late round guys. Yeah, for an example, Carlos Santana is going 70 picks later. Wow. Yeah. Wow. At, you know, 170, you know, 171 overall. Justin Bohr is at 174. Um, Logan Morrison, who had a, a really good season last year, is at 254. Yeah, I'm scratching my head at that one. That's shocking. Man. You know, I got, you know, you know, I love me some Mark Reynolds. Pick 357, the 30th Ranked overall first baseman. First baseman. That's wild. What about Still your boy, ahead of Joe Mauer. What about your boy Jose Martinez, 288? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna spend some time pumping up Jose Martinez this year. Uh, I think, and I really, really want him to get a decent amount of at bat. So I'm curious what. You I know, don't because that means we didn't <laughs> sign anybody. I know that's that's what I was, that's what I was about to say. 
as long as you guys don't <laughs> sign anybody, I think I can get some good at bats. Or maybe you trade him. Maybe you trade him to uh, to the Marlins. Maybe he's he's part of that Yelich deal or part of that Ozuna deal. And if he's on the Marlins, he may be their number two hitter. I mean, the number three hitter. Who knows? Uh, so I definitely want to see some bats out of Jose Martinez. I like what he brought to the table in a limited sample size last year. And he's somebody who... I've already started to reach for in, in early drafts. So one guy that stands out to me, and I think we talked about this off air, uh, is that some of this data is because of dynasty and uh, keeper leagues and things like that. Um, but Joey Votto being 18, I would very much consider him a first round pick yeah. uh, over, over a lot of these guys that are above him. Um, Machado, Sale, Scherzer, Kluber, Judge, Correa, Bryant, even, um, Maybe even above Stanton, uh, I, I think that he's easily in the in the in the discussion for a first round pick. So him being 18 and to me just a tragedy. Yeah, no argument uh, from me. It wouldn't be a, a podcast of ours if we didn't share some some Joey Votto love. So 16 is is pretty, and I think you're right. I think some of this early ADP data was you know some some dynasty drafts and some other early drafts that may have uh, you know skewed some of this a little bit. What about you, Todd? Um, a guy I thought that was a little too low, especially just because of the position, as we talked about earlier, second base is so weak this year. And with the Mariners getting D Gordon and Seguro being in front of Robinson Cano, I think Robinson Cano at 89.5 ADP. That's a little low for me. I think that he's a guy year in, year out. He's consistent. He's going to hit his 280, give you 20 to 26 homers. He's a guy that I think there'll be more RBI situations for him. That Seattle lineup is going to be a lot better. No, that's a really good lineup yeah and if you look at you know if you look at who's taken behind him uh whit merrifield rudnet odor yoan mancada javier baez ian hap lemayhu albies scooter Jeanette. like there's not a lot of trust in that group mm-hmm. i mean who, who can yeah. you pencil in as even you know guaranteed 600 at bats i mean you're gonna get that from cano and he's gonna hit in the heart of that lineup he's gonna have a ton of guys on base in front of him He's the power is going to be there. Um, so yeah, I definitely like uh, I like that as far as stability wise. Can I can I get a question though? Um, do they swap balls out and put like the old balls back in play for Robbie Cano? Because uh, everybody else is hitting like 30, 35 home runs, and he's scraping by with twenty three. Uh, but he still had a decent season, so I'm just just concerned that maybe this is the beginning of the end. Didn't wasn't Robbie uh, hurt for part of the year last year? No, played 150 he still played games. 150 games. Yeah. I mean, he was banged up. I remember. Yeah. I don't know on a couple of teams, just nagging stuff. Nothing serious though. Not he didn't miss time. Like Nelson Cruz missed time here and there, but which is stuff also more nagging issues. But um, I mean, he's he is 35, so that is something that that is the downside. He is 35. Or, or, he he's never been a guy that walks very much. Um, Doesn't he, he's, steal he's all, bases. He's he's not going to give you stolen bases. Um, he's a good contact hitter. He's not going to strike out very much. His hard contact's good. Surprisingly, he kind of struggled against left-handers last year, which was weird for hmm. for him and and you know what uh, what he's kind of been through. But uh, yeah, I I think stability is what I'm going to go for beyond the first two guys at second base. So I could see. Although I'm not like all the way in on Cano to, you know, bounce back and hit 30 home runs, there is so much risk in the the rest of that second base class that, you know, I'm not going to probably target Cano, but if, if, if he's there and he slips and people are like, oh, he's old, he's beyond his prime, like, 
I might take him, but after that, I'm probably going to wait for a while and take a shot at a guy like Jose Peraza or Jonathan VR, like past pick number 200. But if I've done that, I mean, man, that's, that's tough. I just think that if you don't have a plan at second base, you're going to be pretty disappointed this season. So, so can I hijack the podcast for a second and talk about shortstop? Oh, please. Cause I'm on, I'm on (laughs) here right now. Uh, we were just talking about how bad second base was. To be honest with you, if I was in a league, uh, 12-team league, it's tough to find if you have like middle infield or something like that. Let's say 18 playable um, shortstops. I I just don't see where they're going to come from unless it's going to be some of these uh, prospects like Barreto or you know, God, who even knows? See, let me Swanson. Let me just jump in real quick because I have I have a, a lot more trust in the shortstop than I do in second base. So the first eight guys, I think I trust. I trust Turner, Correa, Lindor, Seager, Andrus, Segura, Bogart. Okay, not Bogart. Uh, <laughs> I, was, Gre- I was waiting Bar- for that one. Gregorius. Um, and then there's like, you know, Story, uh, DeYoung, Arcia, who I'm not big fans of. Tim Anderson is a lottery ticket. Cozart probably won't sustain, you know, the power that we saw, but I think he's still a decent pick at 200. And I really like Andrelton Simmons, I think. I think of, we talk about how how risky all those players are, right? The middle infield specifically. You know who's guaranteed to get plate appearances every single night? Andrelton Simmons. Who's actually increased his stolen base percentages and his power over the last three years consecutively. So for me, I think he's actually, a you know, in his age 27 or 28 season, is kind of a safe bet there if you missed out on, on early in, in shortstop. Yeah, man. I don't know. It's kind of a wasteland to me. <laughs> it's it's still it's still like I, I just don't think I could feel comfortable starting Tim Anderson, Chris Owings, nope. Addison Russell, uh Ahmed Rosario, Tim Beckham. These are the guys that if you have middle infield and shortstop in a twelve team league, someone's starting these guys. Don't make it be you. Yeah. And <laughs> and some poor some poor fool's gonna draft Bogarts in the in the eighty you know, top eighty overall. Please don't. Yeah. Public service announcement don't all right, sorry. I, that was, I that stole, was good. That I was a good hijack. That was good. <laughs> yeah, much needed. I did, what, I did what I did. Um, can I get back to the original question though? The yes. the other side of it though. Yes. Because I, you guys already heard mine. Um, so the other person that uh Keith wanted to talk about was the person that you think is being overdrafted. So the person you kind of don't want uh, at this point, uh, where they're being going. And that is Chris Bryant. Um, he is 11th overall, but his ADP says 13.5. Yeah, I think I was pretty clear on where I would take Votto at this point. And those guys should be at least flip-flopped. Didn't Chris Bryant have a down year too? Like, why is this? I guess it wasn't that. I guess it. Was. I think it's more the dynasty drafters. They're looking for a third baseman they can pencil in year in year out. And once Arenado's off the board, Bryant is right there. I mean, unless you're going to hold out for Manny Machado and hope he turns it around. I mean, you got Jose Ramirez that I would take above Chris Bryant, but. It's it's kind of a tough sell. Here, here's how I see the Bryant thing. I, he's being taken higher than what I would take him at. Um, he's also got probably one of the highest potential upsides as you know anybody in the top you know twenty or twenty five. Um, would I take Votto over him a million times over? The the problem with ADP and Chris Bryant is is there's a Cubs fan in every single one of your drafts. And so his ADP is going to be higher than what you probably are comfortable taking him at. 
because they're going to they're going to take him. I've already seen it. Like it's it's either, you know, Rizzo or Bryant. They're going to they're going to be taken higher than what. And I actually have on the on the Rizzo side, I have Freddie Freeman, you know, pick ahead of Rizzo this year. Um, and I'm actually happy to see, you know, he's being considered there. So, Todd, what do you have for uh, a guy that's being drafted higher than he should? Uh, for me, mostly now we kind of talked about how the dynasty drafts kind of affect it, but I was shocked to see uh, Ben Attendee at 36, even the same with Bregman at 37. Uh, he's Ben Attendee's a guy, 20 home runs, 270 average. He did steal some bases last year, but at the end of the third round at the outfield spot, I mean, I thought 36 was a little too high. Yeah, and, and he hit but, you know twenty home runs, and it's not like he had forty doubles. You know, yeah, he had twenty yeah. home runs and twenty six doubles in a, in a single triple. So, it, it, the power wasn't you know hidden by you know a crazy amount of of doubles. Like Odubel Herrera had fourteen home runs and forty two doubles. So it's not like some of those he got cheated on. You know, there may be actually a little bit of a a power weakness if you want to put it there. He started one hundred and fifty one games last year and and had twenty home runs. Yeah. So like. That puts him towards the bottom of all qualified hitters in baseball. Not towards the bottom. There's the D Gordons and the other guys, but you know, a lot of players hit more than 20 home runs last year. All right, what about you, Phil? Who do you have? That's uh, or I'm sorry, Jeremy. Who do you have? I have D Gordon currently Ooh. going 31. I see him more of a fit down in the 50s and 60s just because he's no longer going to be, well, granted, he'll be second base eligible this year, but going forward, he's probably just going to sit in the outfield. And for an outfielder, he doesn't have that much value except average and stolen bases. He did lead the major leagues in stolen bases last year, though, and um, at the same time had a decent average. So and while stolen bases are down also. So, I mean, you have to give him at least some credit as far as that part is concerned. Gordon's tricky because part of my approach coming into next next year is to inflate stolen bases and batting average or right. on base percentage. Um, so he's he's tricky. And of the last three years, he is, you know, if you take out his partial season in 2016, um, he, his stolen base totals are 64, 58, and 60. Now, he's coming into his age 30 season. Um, so at some point, you would expect that to maybe slow down, maybe not just right now. Um, he he was only caught 16 times. That's that's not crazy for the amount of times he attempted. But, yeah, I, I want to prop him up. But where he's being taken, I'm not. I'm not comfortable taking him. So I I don't disagree with you one bit there. Well, with what we were talking about earlier, how dead second base is. So you can knock two birds out with one stone. You have your, your stolen bases. So let's say you're in a roto league, you get 50 stolen bases right there. I mean, what did our league uh, end with last year? Let me look it up real quick. The, the, The thing is around that time, around the thirties, I'm typically probably taking a starter. So here's the guys that are going around, D. Gordon. Um, you have Bumgarner, Steven Strasburg, D. Gordon, Carlos Carrasco, Jacob Degrom, Noah Syndergaard. I mean, I, typically I'm snagging a starter around that area if I missed out on one of the top four. So I don't know. It's tough because I found myself going like first base or third base or shortstop and then starter. So, but yeah, but th- maybe that's why I'm so frustrated with the second base uh, class because there's it's just way too long. The first two, yeah, yeah. Um, but the thing is, is that so the ten team league that we're in together uh, was kind of abnormal because one guy had a crazy amount of people <laughs> that with a lot of stolen bases, but he had two hundred and eleven. Um, <laughs> I would say the next kind of closest tier to that is one seventy five, one seventy, one sixty eight. 
so I think that that would be more in line with most leagues. Uh, so you're getting roughly a third, maybe a little bit under, maybe a little bit more in some leagues uh, of your stolen bases just with one guy and you're knocking out second base at the same time and giving yourself a boost in average. So um, I think that I easily would take him in, in that around that area, 30 tie pick. Yeah, you're actually starting to make a whole lot of sense. Um, so I'm going to have to play around with that and maybe take him in some mocks and stuff like that and see how the team shakes out because, yeah, that, that does make a decent amount of sense because there's so much depth at first base. There's so much depth at other positions outfield that you could probably make that work and, and give yourself a little bit of an advantage, especially if he's going to continue to hit you know, 310, 315, 320, something like that. Right. All right, do you guys want to hear who my, my over-under would be? Yeah, um, let's hear it. I was going to say I, not really, but okay. <laughs> I, I put something out there uh, earlier in the week, so it may, it's probably already out there. But the, the guy who I think is just being criminally underdrafted is Beltre. He's at pick 175 overall. He's like 140 years old. You know, he, he's having a coming off of a injury-plagued season. But if you look at what he's done against some of the other top third basemen, he's – outperformed or kept up with guys like Arenado, Donaldson, Josh, uh, Justin Turner, Jose Ramirez, Chris Bryant, Manny Machado. Um, in fact, some of his numbers are better in, in a lot of categories. So um, taking him probably your corner at 175 is would be incredible. I don't think he'll be there um, for a lot of you guys because I would imagine his ADP will rise. But if you can get him near 200, that's that's insane to me. Um, and the one who I think is being overdrafted is Rugnet Odor. I don't need to explain this. He's a terrible hitter. He's not even good at stealing bases. I think at some point he's going to stop stealing bases because his stolen base rate is so bad. Um, and somehow he's being drafted like in the 100s, which I think can only be a testament to how bad second base actually is. So wait, are you off the I hate wit bandwagon? <laughs> no, I, I, I don't actually hate Wit. I just think that he's really risky for where he's being drafted. Um, so he's I've seen Wit go as early as like 60 in some drafts. Um, and I don't love the 50 through 70 area of who's being drafted. But I just I see too much risk in him for a guy who doesn't walk, um, who hits a lot of fly balls and has wheels and you expect to steal bases. So it just it seems like there's so much risk in his profile that if I wanted a risky guy that I think can steal bases, you know, I'll take somebody around the 200s. I'm not going to waste a top 70 pick on somebody who I think may just be a complete bust. So I got that T-shirt made up for you. Just got to give me your address. <laughs> All right. I will. I will send that to you. Well, did, you make, did you make a few of them? You know what? We can all wear them together. Wear them proud. Wear, wear them loud. Wear them proud. <laughs> Does it say like get over wit or what? Like what does it say? <laughs> oh my god! Now you're now you're getting me. I might actually really do make some t-shirts. <laughs> wit it. Wit it good. Fan, wit it. Fantasy yeah. underscore Keith hates wit. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's literally what it's gonna say, and that's it. Like like just, tough wit, man. I'm, I'm I'm gonna there you go. Just do it. Just do yeah. Just, just do don't wit. do it. Just do it. Oh my god, we just started a multi million dollar business, guys. <laughs> as long as he remains relevant, we could have a, ser- a series of shirts, a whole a whole line. You can find these on T Public. I'm I'm yeah, man. Oh man, we're all I'm just, thinking, I'm just thinking of the new fall collection already. <laughs> just think them up, and I can design them. It'll say like 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 witness, but it'll be W H I T. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> be a witness. Can I get a witness? Witness, witness history. I'm saying. 
They'll they'll sell out in Kansas City, and that's the only place that will sell out. <laughs> right. We're, where's where's we're the, big where's in the AAA City. affiliate for Kansas City? Because uh, that'll that'll be where the T-shirts are at about midseason. Yeah. Oh, oh ouch. Ooh, wow. That's that's rough. That's a burn. That's Keith's bold prediction. <laughs> Called a fire department. All right. Well, I think we're uh, we're probably done with that part. Do you guys want to throw out some some real quick rapid fire? Uh, free agent signing bold predictions or trade bold predictions? Did you guys come up with one? Manny Machado to St. Louis. I actually re- have then resigned. I, ha- I have one for you. Manny Machado to the New York Yankees. That's my bold Ooh. prediction. I will literally burn my house down <laughs> and videotape it, upload it to the pod or the podcast, and then also uh, tag the Cardinals in it and and say, look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. Oh, my. <laughs> oh. oh man. So here, here's my here's my path. Ready? You trade Ellsbury to somebody like the Giants with a middling prospect or with a decent prospect to offload that contract. Then you trade, um, you know, a, another decent prospect or two um, to the Orioles who are looking to rebuild anyways or should be looking to rebuild anyways. And therefore, you made another big move and your lineup is basically insanity. Are you doing mental gymnastics to try to make me rage or are, is this like your <laughs> actual thought process? No, I'm, I think, just, I, I I'm think just curious is, is if you're trying to provoke me right now and whether I should act accordingly um, and, and just try to remain calm. Okay. <laughs> There has been several times on last year's podcast that I think I was triggered. So no, I'm not trying to trigger <laughs> you. Like this is not like some sort of repayment. I actually think that if you're the Yankees and you're just going to go crazy, you have just as good of a chance as anybody is re-signing one, not two of those guys being Harper and Machado. That if you can get them over right now, you have a full season of basically the most dangerous lineup of all time, and your fans are going to go crazy. You're going to win 100 and. 72 games you're only going to play 162 you're going to win 172 <laughs> and, and lose in the wild card game probably <laughs> that's uh that's definitely a bold prediction todd do you have anything um i believe mine would be i think the washington nationals get andrew mccutcheon now that is a crowded outfield but they were in on him last year and i think the pirates are going to be kind of urgent to get rid of him try to maximize the value right now um it'll take a little reshuffling i know adam Eaton's coming back but i think that's going to be the fit for mccutcheon if you're the pirates maybe you get uh, michael a taylor back in that deal i think that he's, would, got, he's got a little bit of potential i think he is that andrew would, mccutcheon but light version of him yeah. Well, he's. I think he's a really underrated fielder too. I think you look at his, you know, what he can do there in the outfield, and, and his bat kind of surprised last year. So, like super deep leagues, you know, I owned him for a little bit in the deep dynasty, and you know, I was pretty happy with his production. But if he goes to somewhere where he's going to be guaranteed outfield at bats, I think you know he's pretty appealing. Yeah, because I think you could do Taylor, and then maybe another prospect. And I think you get that done. Phil, do you have a deep prediction? Yeah, um, I'm going to predict, and this is um, going to be a bold prediction, as they say, because the Cardinals are cheap, that the Cardinals get a combination of at least three of the following. Uh, Colome, Archer, that's kind of the packaged, those two together, and then one of the, the next, either Machado, Donaldson, um, Hosmer, or JD. I think they are going to get a big bat, and I also think that they're going to get a starter and a, a, a decent uh, guy from the bullpen. I think that's going to be my bold prediction that they do all three. I, I would love to see Donaldson play every day, you know, in that ballpark, and and just 
I think that's the best fit for the Cardinals, in my opinion. And I've been saying that for, I don't know, two months or so. But I, I definitely think I would like to see Donaldson in that, in that lineup. I think that would be a boost that they need. And they have other guys that can place around him to help succeed. So if you guys got Donaldson, Archer, and Colomay, that I mean, that would make you guys legitimate contenders pretty quickly. Oh, yeah, certainly. And and in that scenario, I think that they would probably even go out and get a, another outfielder as well, um, just to be truthful. So if 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 they do go all in and trade away prospects and and get to the Archer and the Donaldson point, I don't see them starting Grichik, Fowler, and Piscotty in in the outfield. Um, the one one or two of those guys is going to go to the wayside for Fam and whoever else they bring in. Plus, I like the idea of of Fam hitting like what would you go like Carpenter, Fam, Donaldson. God, that would be so beast. Now, I, yeah, I would I would love to see Fam hitting right in front of Donaldson. Giggity, giggity. Uh, yep. Ooh, now you guys are getting me all excited. Optimism, hope, opening day, <laughs> first place. Oh, Put my. the matches down, Phil. No, everything is good now. I've came to my happy place. All right, my bold prediction. Here we go. Let's see if I can make it two years in a row. Diamondbacks trade Jake Lamb for a hall Whoa. of prospects and sign Mike Moustakis. Oh, wow. Wow. That escalated quickly. <laughs> You and your Mike Mustakis, though. I, I, know, I know, you know, I, 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 I want to rip this right now, but I don't really want to be on record ripping <laughs> it because the last time I went on record ripping a Mike Mustakis take from Jeremy, I was just super wrong. So I'm just going <laughs> to just be quiet and applaud you for a smart take. And maybe even pair up Jake Lamb with Yasmani. No one's taking that contract. Hey, two bats. I mean, they, they may just take it, but we wouldn't get much back. You'd have to give them more for them to take that. You'd have to get rid of, I think. That's the honest truth. Right. That's why Lamb would have to be involved as well, or Corbin or Pollock. Somebody in that group would have to be involved in order to clear some space. I think like a a godly... Remember Drury when he, combo would be the only way you get rid of Tomas. It would be like Godly, Bradley, Tomas, and half of your minor league system to, I don't know. <laughs> Paul Goldschmidt, the scoreboard. To, yeah, Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, the know, scoreboard. The, the announcers. The, the, I, the cool hot dog they made last year. Like, <laughs> the oh, the dog. lemonade guy. Yeah. Re- remember, I, uh, who who was it? The Hector Olivero uh, contract where they were trying to get rid of him so bad that they just paid someone to take him? Pretty much. <laughs> I think the only way to get rid of Tomas, it would be Cut they loose. would have to eat like half the contract and then throw in a Corbin or Drury. Probably Drury. Just because Corbin's a free agent next year. But it, there's no way you completely get rid of that contract. I think you'd be lucky to part with half of it, which part, I'd be fine with. Part of the problem is you have the contract and you have the 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 position that he plays he's a defensive yeah. liability in the outfield he's not going he's not a good enough play? <laughs> <laughs> he's not he's not a good enough hitter to like you know be considered as a dh type um so he he doesn't have a spot so he's a i don't know he's i don't want to talk about he's, it. he's not a major league baseball player well, granted, so unless what you're he saying comes is Otani's, in, Otani's bat's not the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> now, now we've gone full circle here. Yeah, I just hate him so much. Yeah, <laughs> you and most of practice, Arizona practice positivity on this year's podcast. I think. <laughs> We're gonna bring on like a, a guest to, to help us, uh, you know, put some put some pep in our step a little bit. Yeah, let's, let's see if we can get Aaron Hicks on. Oh. 
Are we done yet? <laughs> oh, we are. All right, gang. <laughs> Find us on the web, fanfrontofficepodcast.com. Tweet at us at fanfrontoffice. Keith, where can they find you? All right, guys. Uh, if you're still uh, paying attention at this point, uh, this late in the podcast, uh, check me out at fantasy underscore Keith. Send in all your questions. Love to interact with you guys online. Phil, where can they find you? My house usually, uh, but <laughs> I am Phil, and I am at the uh, at the Baseball Jedi. Todd, and you can find me at Goldie Happens on Twitter, and you can find me at Front Office Chair. And until next week, we will have a wrap up of winter meetings. Hopefully, some uh, some deal shakedown. Not any of these little tiny deals like apparently the A's just made. So anyway, we will have a full wrap up for you next week. <laughs>